What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another new release Monday here on Cinematic Reviews. You can find this episode and many more new releases on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Today, I travel into the multiverse and give my thoughts on the highly anticipated Marvel film, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. But to get things started, let's talk about some facts. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was released on May 6, 2022, and was directed by Sam Raimi. He is best known for the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy, Evil Dead, and Drag Me to Hell. So far, Multiverse of Madness has grossed $450 million worldwide, making it the third highest movie of 2022 currently. This is Raimi's first time directing a film since Oz the Great and Powerful back in 2013. This will be the first Marvel film to be released under the horror genre, versus the typical action comedy genre that the rest of the MCU has fallen under. And lastly, the film was originally going to be released before Spider-Man No Way Home, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it was part of the major schedule shift happening at Marvel. Now, let's get to my thoughts on Multiverse of Madness. So first off, I want to give my spoiler-free thoughts for anyone that hasn't seen the film yet, and then the rest of the episode will be full spoiler territory. I really enjoyed this film. It has a lot of horror elements to it, which isn't surprising since Sam Raimi directed it. It was a nice breath of fresh air from the rest of the MCU. Benedict Cumberbatch continues to nail the Doctor Strange role, and putting him up against someone like Wanda was awesome. WandaVision was an awesome series, and it made me care about the Wanda character a lot more. Seeing her in Multiverse of Madness made a lot of sense and was very entertaining. The story may not have been as compelling as, say, No Way Home, but I think that's not what the film was going for overall. It felt as if it wanted to mainly explore different possibilities of the MCU, which I think is awesome. I highly recommend this movie to anyone that is a Marvel fan and a horror fan in general. Raimi did such an awesome job with it, and the cast acted their hearts out, especially Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda. Now, if you haven't seen the film, pause the episode right here and go off to see it. We're now in full spoiler territory for the rest of the episode. Like I said, I really love this film, which is from what I'm hearing is the complete opposite of many other reactions. The cast I think was awesome, and all the cameos were phenomenal. Benedict Cumberpatch is Doctor Strange, and Emily Olsen is the Scarlet Witch. They did such an incredible job going against each other. I felt a lot of similarities between her and Thanos. They are very compelling characters. I know this film was going to be released before No Way Home, but I think it was only fate to have it be released over Mother's Day weekend. Wanda searching for her sons Billy and Tommy is such a heart-tugger of a story. WandaVision is one of my favorites of the Disney Plus shows, so seeing her story continue in Multiverse of Madness was a huge joy. I honestly don't think she's dead after her decision to destroy the temple, so I expect to, her to pop up again. I doubt anytime soon, but you can't bench an awesome actress like Emily Elizabeth Olsen for long. We also finally get a continuation of Strange's story. I know he was in No Way Home, Infinity War, and Endgame, but having him in another solo film was way overdue. I love what Cumberpatch is doing with the character, and I'm excited to see him more in the future. With the way that the scheduling is shaping out to be, we probably won't see him again until his next solo film or some kind of Avengers movie. For all we know, he could pop up in Thor Love and Thunder, but I doubt it. The movie ending with him having the third eye is interesting, and I'm curious to see how Marvel handles it in the future. The story overall in Multiverse Madness wasn't groundbreaking or mind-blowing, but I don't think that's what they were going for with this film. I think their main goal going into it was to give fans something to react out loud to, like insane cameos and crazy special effects. The story was good enough for me to stay entertained through the entire film, 
Introducing a new character like America Chavez made sense. Her powers literally involve multiverse travel, so it was only fitting to team her up with Doctor Strange. With her training in the mystic arcs with Wong at the very end of the film, I'm really excited to see her in the future. She could literally pop up anywhere now. I love that the MCU is at the point where they can just throw any character into any film. I would love to see her have a cameo in Love and Thunder, but we'll see. She's a very cool character, and I loved her in Multiverse of Madness. Now, let's talk about the big guns, the cameos. The post credit scene was a little confusing, but we finally get Charlize Theron in the MCU. From the brief research I have done since seeing the movie, she appears to be the niece of Dormammu. So we'll see what happens with her. My guess is she'll probably pop up in the next Doctor Strange solo film. We also get Moto's return. We haven't seen him since the first Doctor Strange movie back in 2017, so it's awesome to see him again on screen. Having him be a member of the Illuminati was great, but the rest of the group was what really got me excited. We get Black Bolt from the Inhumans, Captain Carter, played by Haley Atwell, and John freaking Krasinski as Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic, wearing a sick Fantastic Four suit. Monica Rambeau's version of Captain Marvel and the legend himself, Patrick Stewart, playing Professor X once again, but this time in his very comic-accurate yellow floating chair. This was by far my favorite scene of the movie. If you remember back in the very first episode of Cinematic Reviews, I 100% was team John Krasinski for Reed Richards. He did such an incredible job, and I really hope he returns as a 616, Mr. Fantastic. Haley Atwell was also incredible as Captain Carter. She was probably my favorite character in the animated What If series, so seeing her in live action was like watching Rosario Dawson play Ahsoka for the first time in The Mandalorian. Monica Rambo as Captain Marvel was a nice twist, and seeing Black Bolt in a very comic-accurate suit was also awesome. Patrick Stewart nails it once again as Professor X, but Marvel's take was far better than what Fox gave us. We still get some awesome dialogue from the X-Men films, but what Marvel did was incredible. The way they showed his powers and the yellow floating chair was so awesome. The choice to kill them all off was a bold move and very violent, but I think it was the best way to show off how powerful Wanda really is. Mr. Fantastic being pulled apart like a spaghetti and Captain Carter getting cut in half by her own shield was heartbreaking and so violent. I don't know who Marvel bribed to keep the PG-13 rating, but it was very surprising of how violent this film ended up being. This brings me to the only real big negative I have with the film. Parents, use caution and good judgment in deciding to bring your young kids to this. This is definitely the scariest and most violent of the MCU movies. Marvel got away with a lot of stuff, so just be cautious of that. The other negative I have is much smaller, but it still should be brought up. The story itself could have been more compelling, and I'm sure a lot of people will have more time being bothered by it than I was. The giant amount of fan service probably also bothered them a lot as well, but I think focusing more on giant amounts of fan service over groundbreaking storytelling is expected for a movie about the multiverse. Marvel's goal with this film seemed to be more focused on blowing the audience's mind with multiverse characters instead of some super compelling story like with No Way Home. I honestly think it would have been better for Multiverse Madness to be released before No Way Home, Doctor Strange warning Peter about the consequences of the multiverse would have been more awesome after seeing Strange deal with it firsthand. It also probably would have made Multiverse Madness a better received movie because fans wouldn't have No Way Home sitting in the back of their minds going into it. I can honestly say I was guilty of that. No Way Home is my favorite movie of all time, so it was very difficult not to compare the two together, especially since they both deal with the concept of Multiverse Madness. But regardless, I still really love Multiverse of Madness, and I can't wait to watch it again. Now, to end the episode, let's see where this lands on the MCU ranking.
Now, I really love Multiverse Madness, as I said before. I know not everyone will agree with my thoughts or ranking of it, but that's their, their own opinion. I respect that. I love what I love, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Multiverse Madness rounds out my top five of the MCU at number five. It's not quite on the same level as, say, Endgame or No Way Home, but it's still an incredible experience. The fan service was done right, and the story, for the most part, made sense. It wasn't super compelling like No Way Home, but it was still incredible. I had a roller coaster of emotions during it all. You can find this entire list and many other lists on Letterboxd under Cinematic Reviews. Well, that'll do it for this new release. Join me next week for my thoughts on the Marvel Disney Plus series, Moon Knight. Also, join me every Friday for the Star Wars season. This Friday, I'll be giving my thoughts on Season 2 of The Mandalorian.